G'day, g'day, guys. Now, before we dive into today's show, I want to ask you a few quick questions. Are you looking to take your investing career to the next level? Are you wanting an accountability partner who will push you to achieve your goals? Are you needing to surround yourself with successful investors and entrepreneurs in order to up your game and take control of your life? Well, if you've answered yes to any of those questions, I am super pumped and excited to announce that I'm starting the Syndicator Incubator Mastermind Group. This mastermind is a group of highly motivated, abundance-orientated, hand-selected hustlers and entrepreneurs who are ready to take that next step in their investing career. We are now taking applications for the next group of champions. If you're interested to find out more, then email me at info, that's I-N-F-O, at reedgoosens.com and put in the subject line, The Syndicator Incubator. Being a part of this mastermind group, you will have unlimited access to both myself and my business partner, Andrew Campbell, and you will understand how we have been able to build a portfolio of over 1,200 units worth over $120 million in under 24 months, and we've achieved financial freedom in the process. There are once a month mastermind calls with the group and a yearly conference where you will learn from the best in the business. So what are you waiting for? There are only limited spots, so get your application pack by emailing me at info at And remember, be bold, be brave, and go give life a crack. In 2017, the cryptocurrency, it blew up. The concept of the ICO, the initial coin offering, blew up. More money was raised in blockchain than all of venture capital in 2017. That's the scale. Welcome to Investing in the US, a podcast for real estate investors, business owners, and aspiring entrepreneurs looking to break into the US market. Join Reid as he interviews go-getters, risk-takers, and the best in the business about their journey towards financial freedom and the sheer joy of creating something from nothing. G'day, g'day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another cracking edition of Investing in the US podcast from Los Angeles. I'm your host, Reed Goosens. Good as always to have you with us on the show. Now, I'm glad that you've all tuned in to learn from my incredible guests, and each and every one of them are the cream of the crop here in the United States when it comes to real estate investing, business investing, and entrepreneurship. Each show, I try and tease out their incredible stories of how they have successfully created their businesses here in the US, how they've created financial freedom, massive amounts of cash flow, and ultimately created extraordinary lives for themselves and their families. Life by design, as I like to say. Hopefully, these guests will inspire all of my cracking listeners, which are you guys, to get off the couch and go and take massive amounts of action. If these guys can do it, so can you. Now, as you know, I'm all about sharing the knowledge with my loyal listeners, which is you guys, and there's absolutely no BS on this show, just straight into the nuts and bolts. Now, if you do like this show, the easiest way to give back is to give us a review on iTunes and you can follow me on Facebook and Twitter by searching at Reed Goosens. You can find the show wherever you podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher and Google Play, but you can also find these episodes up on my YouTube channel. So head over to reedgoosens.com, click on the video link and it will take you to the video recordings of these podcasts where you can see my ugly mug, but the beautiful faces of my guests each and every week. All right, enough out of me. Let's get cracking and into today's show. (music) 
Today on the show, I have the pleasure of speaking with Dennis Lewis. Dennis is a seasoned digital storyteller and blockchain marketing specialist with a proven track record in both Europe and the United States. He has successfully started and exited multiple startup companies, and he prides himself on his ability to make complex projects easy to understand and relatable. In today's marketing landscape, with an increasingly obsessed we're increasingly obsessed with shiny objects and overcomplicating sales funnels. Dennis believes that the key to any successful marketing campaign are the words on the page. I'm really excited and, and pumped to welcome him to the show, but enough out of me. Let's get him out here. G'day, Dennis. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today, mate? Hey, really glad to be here. Yeah, let's let's do it. Hey, mate. My uh, Thanks for, for dialing in. And for those uh, people can you tell us where you're dialing in from today? Because I know in the green room, just before we press record here, you were you're in Spain, right? Yeah, I'm right now. I'm in Europe. I'm in Spain, uh, just uh, enjoying the great food and the great weather, and uh, can't complain at all. Are you living life by design? So do you do you spend part of your time in Spain and part of your time in the United States? Yeah, we kind of go back and forth, and we've got uh, offices in both sides of the of the of the pond, as they say. So yeah, we uh, we do our best to 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 enjoy life that's awesome yeah being from australia we try and get uh you know my wife's american but we try and go back to australia two or three times a year and it's you know the benefits of working for yourself right not having to ask a boss to leave so that's awesome Um, but 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 mate we're going to dive into the show the first question i ask all my guests is can you rewind the clock and tell me how you made your first ever dollar as a kid (laughs) that's a great question you know the the first dollar I made was probably mowing lawns. You know, I was probably 12 or something like that. I, you know, uh, probably started mowing my grandparents' lawn to get some money. Uh, so I guess ever since then, I've done just about anything you could do to make money. So, uh, and I've lost a bunch of it along the way as well. So there's certainly <laughs> a lot of stories. I, I, I can imagine and I'm looking forward to getting into it. But um, walk us through the journey of what you've created over the last you know, 20 or 30 years and, and how you really stumbled into being an entrepreneur. And, and specifically, for those listeners who don't know, you're, you're crypto, right? You're in the crypto world. You're in the um, sort of weird world of, of cryptocurrency and blockchain. But maybe walk us through your, your humble beginnings into what you've created today. Oh, yeah. So I, you know, like a lot of people, I, I, you know, I started, I actually started, uh, I guess the first serious little kind of entrepreneurial project I had was in high school. Uh, I, I, a local company, I was, I was born in a little town, just, just a, a little ways away from Roswell, New Mexico. So there were aliens flying around, you know, there were spaceships. Uh, it probably has a lot to do with kind of uh, the, all of the weird stuff I've gotten into in my life. Uh, and in high school, I, there was this little company there in, the, in, in Artesia, New Mexico, that they, they were, were selling their first computers. And these were, these were long before, this was before there was a, a Microsoft D, you know, DOS. This was, they used CPM. And the, the, so I, I got it, I, I went into this company and I said, hey, I think I can make these things work. And they said, oh, really? Well, you want to make a, an accounting program for us uh, and we'll give you a free computer. And that's what I did, and it, it was uh, it was a it was a journey. Uh, I, I remember learning kind of just bootstrapping the whole thing. There was, you know, that was the, the computer had two disk drives. It had no hard disk. It you know it was uh, 
it was done in uh, Pascal or something like that. And ever since then, I, I realized there's, you know, that this was kind of the, it was a fun thing to do. And I, I took that computer off to, to college and, and uh, worked for IBM later for a while and worked in companies over in Europe for a while. And then just, just one day got the, the bug to start something of my own and did and failed and started something again and failed again. And then few things turned out well and um, lo and behold a few years ago I got a, uh, a call from a friend of mine who said uh, I'm running this blockchain company this cryptocurrency company and we've got a market this thing called an ICO and we don't know what it, how to do it and can you help us and I didn't know anything about crypto or blockchain at the time but I would definitely you know I had a marketing company and so I said hey let's do it and uh, got involved in the in this world and uh, started scratching the surface and thinking, you know, what is this monopoly money? Is this for real? And um, yeah, it's been a, an exciting time. We've raised probably since then for different companies and different projects, probably around $50 million. So uh, definitely, yeah, definitely an exciting industry to be in, an exciting journey. And uh, yeah, I'd love to share the, some stories with you. Yeah, well, let's get into it. And, and maybe for those people out there, because... Uh, we're recording this in October of 2019. About 18 months ago, that was all over the news: cryptocurrency, blockchain, and you know, people standing in front of Lamborghinis with all this money that they you know, acquired <laughs> because of the, the the stock market was going mental. But maybe we just need to break it down a little bit. So let's let's start with for those people because most of the people who listen to this show are probably real estate investors. Let's maybe back it up and what. Can you give us this sort of the, the, the 101 guide of blockchain and cryptocurrency and what it is and how it started? Sure. So the deal is, and, and when I made the joke about monopoly money, that I'd made it because that's probably what most everybody thinks. And, and, um, and you know, what I think the biggest thing that I learned at the beginning was, wasn't that cryptocurrencies or, you know, are, are monopoly money. It's that all money is monopoly money. Uh, the only reason the U.S. dollar is worth anything is because we believe it's worth something, uh, you know, and enough people believe in it that it makes it worth something. But there's nothing intrinsic about the, the you know, it's not even actually printed by the, the U.S. government anymore. You know, it's printed by the Federal Reserve Board. So once you get over the idea that, you know, that money is only something that it has value because we believe it has value, then you can start looking at cryptocurrency and say, well, it's just money created with a mathematic, mathematical algorithm, uh, a lot of technology in there, a lot of, you know, a lot of crypto, crypto stuff, the, you know, crypt cryptography. And, you know, we can get into as deep as you want into the technology part. But in the end, uh, the reason Bitcoin, Ethereum, you know, Litecoin, all of these coins, these digital currencies have value is because there are a bunch of people out there that have decided they have value and they trade them and they and, and that's what gives them value. Uh, but from an entrepreneurial point of view, the underlying technology of the blockchain is even more powerful and more exciting, especially for, for business owners. And so talk to me about that that underlying blockchain because we've heard the word crypto and and I think I understand it, and maybe for for the my listeners, you know, it's it's a new currency essentially is what it is, and it's 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 cutting out banks and currencies 
foreign currencies, so the US dollar versus the Australian dollar, or the US dollar versus the um, uh, the British pound, or the US dollar versus the euro, and how people, to your to your point before, have a perception that one is worth more than the other, and thus we're going to trade it back and forth, and there's going to you know we're going to follow the markets and blah blah blah. The crypto really cuts out all that, right? And there's no you know, you could have someone buying cryptocurrency in Australia, and it's the same currency as what they would be buying in America if they're using the same platform. Is that is that correct? Sure, sure. So, uh, I, I guess probably the a, a good thing that for people to understand is one thing is 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 what we is the blockchain, which is the under, underlying technology, and the blockchain is just a uh, a decentralized accounting system. It's just a way of keeping track. Uh, so, and when I say decentralized, it means because there's no, there's no centralized server that keeps track of, of the transactions on the blockchain. Um, you know, if you go to the bank and you put your card in the ATM machine and you take out 20 bucks out of the ATM machine, you know that the bank has a big server and that server is, you know, subtracting 20 bucks from your balance and you're, it's spitting out $20, you know, $20 in, in cash. Um, Right. The blockchain doesn't have that. The blockchain, what it does is it spreads that database that instead of being in a centralized bank, it spreads it out across thousands of computers all around the world that uh, use these cryptographic algorithms to, to agree that this transaction has happened. And once they agree on that, then it's forever written on the blockchain and it can't be changed and it can't be altered by any means. So it, it eliminates... Uh, the middleman. It eliminates the need for a bank to keep track of your balance. Uh, and um, and then on top of that, uh, you know, the, the different currencies have been created off of, on top of that, of those blockchain uh, technologies. Um, and so, so Dennis, why, why would, why would we want to not have a track record or a paper trail of this money that's being exchanged? What, what, what's well, the, there what's is, the there, there, there is. I mean, that is what is on the blockchain. There is a complete paper trail, a paper trail, digital trail of every transaction right. that happens. And that, that is what the blockchain is, is it's an accounting system where all of those transactions are recorded for, for, for all times. You know, they, they can't go away. So in, in that sense, it's it's much more solid than uh, than depending on a bank to have those transactions in their in their uh, database because the database can be hacked. The database could be uh, there could be a lightning strike. There could be you know all sorts of things would happen to that database and and to corrupt the the, the information. Whereas the blockchain eliminates that. So it is uh, so so that and that that kind of leads to you know, a, a big question because people, there's there, there, one of the, the sort of, in my opinion, silly aspects of this industry is that it's, this decentralization has given way to the idea that everything is anonymous and, you know, has opened the door to all sorts of nefarious things. And, you know, like any technology, there obviously are uh, ways of exploiting it to in nefarious ways. But, you know, the transactions are, indelibly written and visible for everybody so you know the address that made the transaction can't be changed now mm. it's not necessarily associated with your name by any means but it's it's a long ways from anonymous it's it's not that hard for for example for a regulatory body to be able to say well this is your address and therefore all of these transactions are yours 
So it's, it's, it's actually probably in a lot of ways more transparent than a traditional financial system. And, and just to back up one more step, the, the, the why behind all of this, what is it? What, what, why did it start originally and where was the idea of crypto and blockchain? Was it just to, 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 de, to, you know, um, to disrupt the banking system? Is that as, purely, as pure as it is? You don't have to do, do currency exchange and fees trading across borders? What, what was the well, why behind it? Know, it, it the, the original why was the idea of the decentralization was to create something that was more resilient than, mm. uh, than what is there now. So like we were talking about, a bank is hackable. A bank can be your, you know, their systems can be manipulated by employees that are, have access. You know, the, obviously banks put in lots of infrastructure and lots of process to try and minimize those risks, but they still exist. Whereas with the blockchain, uh, because it would, re, would require hacking simultaneously thousands of computers all around the world, uh, it's pretty much impossible to hack. So that is one of the, the key benefits of the blockchain. And, uh, and then on top of that, well, the cryptocurrency, the, 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 the cryptocurrencies are just, you know, ways of keeping track of the transactions that happen there. So it. uh, it's not really, uh, you know, from an entrepreneurial point of view, I don't think the initial intent was to disrupt the financial systems or the, the but, but, it obviously can. I mean, you know, if you look at the world's GDP, uh, the, the, the financial sector takes about over 20, 24% of the entire GDP of the world goes in, into that sector. And wow. it's not, you know, it's not producing, uh, you know, it's not, it's not growing corn. It's not producing uh, energy. It's not producing cars. It's not, you know, it's not actually, you know, it, it's just moving bits, right? It's moving information. It's saying, you know, it's, it, 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 and a lot of those transactions that, you know, the financial sector charges a lot of money to, to manage um, can be done much cheaper with the blockchain. Got it. Okay. And, and so talk to me now about how you step in with your company to help other companies use the blockchain system, the blockchain chain technology in order to raise money for physical companies to go off and scale. Right. Okay. Well, you know, that is one way to use the, the blockchain and the cryptocurrency. And uh, in 2017, in the cryptocurrency, it, it blew up. The, the concept of the ICO, the initial coin offering blew up. More money was raised in blockchain than all of venture capital in 2017. Wow. That's the scale. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was a complete. It was it was total madness. Uh, a lot of it was uh, was really over the top. It was uh, you know, it, it, and and a lot of the that that money was probably earned. Uh, you know, came from people that had been mining and 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 you know had been investing in crypto and and had their, their they saw their their balance sheets go way up and they said well let's throw some some of it at this project and at that project and it was it was just kind of a crazy time it, it, since then we've had the kind of a crypto winter and things are coming back but it's uh it's a lot more it's a lot more level-headed uh, at least i like to think it is than 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 it was at that time but it really is did open the door to really unique unique ways to fundraise for projects um you know I'm sure you know this, Reed, that, that 
the venture capital world is kind of a gentleman's club. You, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's a lot about knowing people and it's a lot about getting the right introductions and presenting and pitching at the, for the right people and, you know, getting, you know, and, and that's not available to, you know, every entrepreneur and certainly not available to entrepreneurs that are, you know, kind of a, located a far away from the, you know, the, 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 the clusters of, of venture capital, be it, you know, Silicon Valley or New York or London or, you know, different places around the world. Um, and this opened the door for a lot of projects to be able to raise money and, uh, and, you know, get their, their projects off the ground. Uh, and we were lucky enough it's, it, to participate, and you know we still do. We're very very picky now uh, because of the a lot of the projects haven't you know that that we've seen in the past haven't delivered on what they promised. They for many reasons. That's kind of uh, why I wrote the book, and we can talk about that at the end. But um, the idea, the concept is still very uh, very valuable. Very very open to being used. So it is a, it is an alternative way to, to fundraise for, uh, for projects, but it, it isn't simple. It's not like, you know, Hey, let's do an ICO and next week we've got $20 million in the bank. It, you know, it takes a, it, it takes an awful lot of work. It takes a lot of resources. It's not, it's not, you know, uh, that, that isn't how I would recommend most entrepreneurs get their feet wet with crypto and, and blockchain. So, so how do you then, what do you recommend people getting their feet wet with crypto and, current, uh, and, and blockchain in order to, to use in their business? And maybe this is a great segue into the book because that is whole what the book's about, right? Is, is, is understanding this new technology in order to use it to, 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 to a business's good and benefit to, to hopefully help them grow. Is that not correct? That's right. So I look today on uh, CoinMarketCap and the total market cap of crypto digital assets right now is just over $229 billion. Wow. Uh, that's a lot of liquid currency. And the honest to God truth is right now it has very few places to go. So the first step I would tell any entrepreneur is figure out how you can accept payment in cryptocurrency. Uh, there's a lot of it out there and there's a lot of clients and people out there looking for ways to spend their cryptocurrency. So why not make it easy for them? Um, and that for me is step one. Uh, obviously you need to learn a little bit. You need to understand what you're doing. You need to get a wallet. You need to, you know, you need to understand the, the, the mechanics of it a bit. You need to know how to convert that crypto into, you know, dollars or euros or Australian dollars or whatever it is that you want them uh, to convert it in. Uh, or you can keep it in crypto, but you have to know that uh, by doing so, that's a very volatile market out there. And, you know, it could be worth three times what it is today, uh, tomorrow, and the next day it might be worth half. Uh, so, you know, you, you know, I wouldn't recommend, you know, keeping a, a, a lot of it in crypto for the normal, you know, normal business operations, because it's hard to set your prices that way. Interesting. And so is that... In and around your book, is that a, about the type of message you're trying to get across in terms of demystifying the use of crypto in and around businesses? And it's also about the need and the opportunity to use this technology, the blockchain technology, cryptocurrencies, to solve real problems in the real world. Uh, you know, I talk to people in the industry all the time, and you know, they say, "Oh, it's getting bigger, and everybody's really excited," and blah blah. blah. And I say, "Yeah, but there's." 
30 million at the very most, 30 million people on planet Earth that have crypto, have used crypto, that know hardly anything about it. And there's another 7.7 billion people out there that we still haven't reached. And the reason that isn't happening is because uh, the projects and the businesses that are in the industry aren't, haven't gotten to the point where they're solving real problems for real people. And mm. as we do that, there will be more adoption that will obviously make the value of those cryptocurrencies go up. And it will also make this accessible to more people. So the book talks about that. It took, talks about how, you know, uh, one of the chapters I talk about the, what I call the Zuckerberg paradox, which is that I believe that, you know, no single human being alive probably has done more damage to, uh, to human progress than Mark Zuckerberg. And it has nothing really to do with Facebook, which, you know, he obviously built an amazing platform, but uh, he created a mythology or a mythology has been created behind, you know, around him that every young uh, 24 year old wearing a hoodie living in a dorm room is going to change, you know, and disrupt every industry in the world. And, you know, and those are the only people that are going to do it. And that's just not the real world, you know. Hats off to Mark Zuckerberg, he did it, but the mythology is not true. You know, we need real business people with real entrepreneurial ideas, you know, building sustainable long-term businesses and solving real problems. And, you know, that, that comes with a little bit of gray hair on your head. It comes with, a, you know, it comes with a few uh, failures under your belt. Uh, you know, that, and, and that I think is a, an important message to get out. I'm interrupting this episode to remind you guys about the Syndicator Incubator Mastermind Group. If you want to take your investing career to the next level and surround yourself with the best in the business, then apply today. Spots are filling up fast. I'm only taking a handful of people for the next round, so get your application by emailing me at info, I-N-F-O, at reedgoosens.com. Remember, be bold, be brave, and go give life a crack. Now back into the show. No, I, I think that you, you're correct. Uh, I, I, I'm a millennial myself, and I'm starting to get a little bit of gray hair from my own business. But the but the idea <laughs> of disruption, I think, is what was the fresh breath of fresh air back in the early 2000s when the dot com crash happened, and then all these ideas were starting to come from young people, you know, thinking differently about how we live, how we work how we attract money and this whole old way of thinking of, well, I need to go to school and I need to get a safe job and I need to retire at 65. And this whole wave of entrepreneurship has really been in the last, call it decade to 15 years that people are starting to, after since the crash and people lost a bunch of money, like screw it. I'm, 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 why, why go and do the safe path that everyone told me to do was really awesome and, and, and going to get me to financial freedom and, and some sort of retirement. Or I can just go, you know, chance it and make a make a million dollars or a ton of money doing it, uh, or have a bit of failure, but at least I had a crack at going, at having to go right. So there's a bit of I understand what you're saying with the the business building and the sustainability, but also in that same wave and that same sentence is that the the wave of opportunity with technology has come a long way, which has been at at the expense of disrupting some of the norms that we you know for the last fifty years as a society has made have maybe. You know, just oh, taken for granted. Yes, oh, like I got to do that. I got to go to school, and I got to get, got to get a degree. So, I, I hear you on that. In terms of the, um, the you talked just before about the, the solving real problems for real people. 
how the hell does cryptocurrency do that? And what are the types of things that they could be solving in maybe the developing world or even in the Western world that people then start sitting up and listening? Because you said to me, when you said people don't know about it, it's an education thing then, right? Like you got to get it and educate more. And I'm sure that's what you're doing, podcasts and books and all that sort of all that sort of stuff. But you're only one person. How, do, how, does, how does that sweeping change come back to your point of solving real problems for real people? Sure. So let's let's talk about a few ideas here. You know, let's talk about democracy. Imagine, uh, you know, having a, a, an electoral system where every vote is indelibly recorded, can't be manipulated, can't be miscounted, and uh, is, you know, uh, unpackable by by the Russians. Wouldn't that be valuable? Or how about making sure that that, you know, uh, baseball card that you, you found in Aunt Jemima's uh, attic, you know, and you want to know if it's real and if it's really worth uh, $500,000. Well, collectibles, those, the, the, the ownership of those collectibles are, could be recorded on a blockchain and, and traded virtually. And these are all examples of how we can use technology uh, to solve real problems, don't want to get too much into politics, but you know what? You know there is a candidate out there that talks a lot about automation, those traditional jobs that people are, um, people are, uh, you know, that are a, 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 an important part of keeping people alive, and they're going away. And you look at companies like Twitter and Facebook and uh, some of these tech companies that basically are converting us all into their products. They 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 sell us at the high at auction to the highest bidder. Why shouldn't uh, a social network uh, reward us for sharing pictures with grandma? I mean, you know that is you know they're they're reaping benefits from running ads on these on on uh, you know on the platform. So why shouldn't the users be rewarded and have a participation in that? It's another example of how. Uh, blockchain and cryptocurrency could be used to extend, uh, you know, extend uh, prosperity to, to 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 all parts of society. No, I think that's some fantastic examples of how um, we can use crypto to to in you know helping everyday lives and solving everyday problems. And just to to reiterate, if just because there's a little bit of static there for some people that were listening, so talking in and about the electoral system uh, and how we could you know not be uh, susceptible to, to hacking from from foreign governments. I'm talking about recording uh, antiques and and tradables uh, that d- didn't have a, a database of wh- who owned that particular card or baseball card or particular antique uh, in order to in order to make it valuable and then thus track where the money goes to and who the ownership is and, and so they can benefit. Um, and the third one that you had mentioned there, you just cut out a little bit earlier. What was that one again? Yeah, what about, you know, why shouldn't you be rewarded uh, for sharing pictures on your social network uh, with, with grandma or, uh, you know, making a, uh, a cool viral video? Why should Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn reap all of the benefits from that? Uh, you know, in the end, you're, we're providing the value of these networks by, by participating. Well, why aren't people participating in the benefits of these networks? Uh, that's another very clear uh, way that we could uh, use cryptocurrencies to, to, to bring more people into participating in the economy in, a, in an entrepreneurial or in just a, uh, you know, just recognizing the value of people and, the, and what they do. And so 
expand a little bit on that. So if I'm sharing with grandma my my picture or my my viral video, you know, currently now YouTube pays those those content providers uh, money through the ad ad revenue that they generate. How are you talking about using crypto to generate revenue for the content producers per se on social media platforms? Well, I would say, first of all, we're all content producers. So uh, last time I checked when I shared a picture of my, of my kids, uh, you know, to my, you know, my mom didn't get anything. She didn't get a check from Facebook. She didn't get a check from Twitter. Okay. Uh, you know, now whoever was running ads on that on Facebook at the time, they, they, they definitely, you know, generated revenue for Facebook. Uh, sure, there are influencers that are creating content now that are cutting deals and they're getting a, you know, and they're getting a, a little tiny piece of that pie maybe. But I'm saying, why shouldn't we all be participating in that? I mean, after all, we're the ones taking the picture of our donut in the morning, right? <laughs> and so you, you would, by, by taking a picture, you're saying we as the consumer would be re- uh, would be rewarded from that, you know. Hey, there donuts. you are. Yeah, exactly. You, you, or from Dunkin' Donuts, for- or if you take the best picture of a donut in the morning and you get thousands of people saying, "Wow, I love that picture." Why shouldn't all of those likes contribute to your bottom line at the end of the month? Why shouldn't right. you be able to use those likes to pay your rent? Interesting, interesting, and and so thus people who like it would then pay. What would it be the social media provider, the platform which you're using that? It could be, it could be, it could be both. It could be, uh, you know, it could be part of it. We could be coming from uh, other users. Part of it could be coming from a share of the ad revenue that 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 the platform is creating. Uh, it could be, you know, it could come from different ways. Of, I mean, the 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 options and the opportunities there are are, are immense and endless. Interesting. It's a, it's a very interesting idea because I think it's 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 something that people are getting sick and tired of, right? Like we will talk about how much we're a slave and we're, we're data and we need to, and, and through our data that you know Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and LinkedIn can sell that data in order to 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 people to market to us. And so yeah, I think it's you know, we become we're, we, we become are the product. We're right, the product and we be, that's being sold. Right, and we become a walking advertisement right <laughs> of, of what we wear of what yeah. of what yeah. of what phone we have and um you know what shoes we're wearing and, and it's all consumerism at the end of the day right it's just, it just another it's now the more advanced form where our online life is coming into uh, big dollars and now crypto is potentially a way of which we could take back or claw back some of that profit um that these companies are are generating uh for our own good which is it's definitely a very interesting topic and and thought process because i we could probably go down a rabbit hole on this because you then get into the whole like where does it stop right where where does where it become profitable for any company and what's going to stop another um pl- platform from popping up which is which is good because facebook does have a massive monopoly on this whole thing of how we live our online social life um right. and, and, and you know just with the whole you know elections that that happened before and the you know its role in that and answering to congress and all that sort of stuff it's it's had to sit up and st- and, and and pay attention to who is buying those ads and who is buying the data in order to manipulate a vote or you know, manipulate us into buying something and, and, and taking a social responsibility for that. So do you think if we took back that power, that social responsibility goes away from these sort of platforms or is it a heightened responsibility because they're not then participating in all the revenue and we've got to share it around um, with, with people who are actually the content producers? 
Yeah, I mean, I think participating in the economy is is definitely a benefit for everyone. I mean, I think it would be really awesome for everybody to uh, to be recognized the value that they provide to these platforms. I mean, you know, if it weren't for our eyeballs looking at them, then they would be worthless, right? I mean, that's the only right. thing they have. So we might as well get a part of that. But also, it opens the door to all sorts of different ways of, uh, you know, opportunity for entrepreneurs to think of ways to make uh, those platforms more useful for people, to make them more engaging, to make them more fun. I mean, you know, uh, maybe you, you know, those, those, those dollars that you're getting for sharing pictures with your, with your grandma, you spend them in, uh, in a game somewhere, you know, why not? And, you know, if you have that, that's, that's another way to keep, in the end, money is energy. And the faster it moves and the more transactions that happen, the more, uh, the, the, the more abundance and value there is for everybody involved. I love it. No, I think it's, it's, it's incredible time in which we live in. Um, one of the things you're talking about in, in your book, I know here as a, as a talking point is what, why do you think that crypto is at a crossroads right now? Well, because I think that it's uh, it's become too focused inside the industry on just the technology, and it's time to make a change and to start being the delivering on the promises that the technology has been is capable of delivering on. So all of these things we've been talking about, all of these ideas, they're not far fetched. They're not that hard to implement. They're not twenty years down the road. They're two months, 12 months, 24 months down the road. So it's time for these projects to step up and start building real solutions for real problems so that, you know, you know, I, I would love to see the day where everybody in America is getting a, is getting a, a deposit in their account every month just because of their activity, just because of, you know, what they're doing online. And, the, you know, maybe they're, they're singing a song or they're writing a, a poem or they're, or they're sharing pictures of their, of their kit. Who knows what it is? But if it is valuable, then why shouldn't they you know, be participating? And, and if we do that, we're going to grow the pie. It's not a zero-sum game. It's a, it, it will create its own momentum. And I think that'll solve some, some, you know, I think uh, even if it just buys you, buys you a cup of coffee once a month, then that's kind of cool too. Yeah. No, I, I think it, it's, it's so weird. Like I'm, the economy is that you, Facebook has been always, and, and these social media platforms have been the town center uh, board, right? Where you can put, you know, back in the day you used to go post, okay, guitar lessons uh, and you'd rip off the bottom tag and, you know, it'd be a community board. It's the mm -hmm. same sort of thing. And it's, you know, free transfer of information. And now when you add money into it for what, why is my content more valuable, valuable than your content? And, you know, there, there is plenty of people out there who try and do the whole, um, you know, um, not virtual reality, but, but like, the, the reality TV slash, you know, holding the camera up and doing a selfie, but it's all very scripted. It's all very, uh, it's made to look real and in everyday life, but then it becomes, it comes out that, you know, there's actually a bit massive budget behind it to create this content. And so, you know, what point would it stop to then say, well, 
well, why is my content more valuable than your content? And 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 there's this, then a sliding scale again, and and this we thus we get into another dogfight on on who who you know why am I participating as much as that other person participating? And oh, because you don't put as much money into it, and so because you don't you know pay to play, yada yada yada. We're we're back to the same sort of vicious cycle of of trying to up one another in terms of likes and <laughs> and and social influence and all that sort of stuff. Sure, sure. I mean, the, the, it could definitely be the, you know, who knows? Who, who, you know, nobody's got a crystal ball, and I certainly don't right. either. But uh, almost anything would be better than where we are right now, uh, where <laughs> uh, basically nobody gets paid and, uh, you know, they steal our data and they manipulate us at will. I mean, I think we right. could all think that there's got to be a better way. Right, right. And I think that's the point, right? That's the point you're trying to make. It's not that it's a it's we've got to have the shift it's these these companies are come along profiting from us we're not doing any we then become suckers and walking billboards how do we bring back some of that control and that's where you're saying crypto has is at the crosshairs of that interaction with people online correct sure and i mean just let's just think of something simple from a marketer's point of view you know one of the key things that we always do and we tell our clients is you build an email list right Mm-hmm. You, you get people, you offer them something, they give you a, you know, and in exchange, they give you their, their email address. Well, wouldn't it be cool if, uh, in addition to whatever it is, the free report that they give you at the beginning, you know, why not deposit a half a penny in your account every month just for being on that email list? Yeah, no, I think that's, that, that's, that's incredible. That's an, it's an awesome idea. Um, it, the, the problem becomes when it becomes half a penny, then it rolls into a penny that rolls into a five cents that rolls into a dollar. And then what's more valuable? And, and I guess that is where social proof will ultimately be the ceiling maybe or the, the policing of that where people, the more people you have, the more you, the more expensive it is. The, um, you know, you, you know when, when mm-hmm. you'll probably charge for your services when you first started, you would were a lot cheaper than probably what you are today. And that's <laughs> because you've become valuable, right, in people's eyes. How do you become that valuable person that I need to pay more money to be on your email list than it does to be on my email list, blah, blah, blah. So I, I get that. It's, it's, it's very interesting. I'm, uh, it's, it's evoking a lot of thoughts within me and I'm sort of trying to just, I'm, I'm blabbering at the moment because it's so thought-provoking that this could we could be headed towards this type of future in the, you know, and by what you're saying, it's just around the corner, right? Yeah, it is. It's just around the corner. Interesting. Interesting. Well, Dennis, I know that you have the book out. Um, where can people go and get the book to, to find out more about what you do and, and, and in the, the interaction between crypto and businesses that you pride yourself on? Yeah. So it's on Amazon. It's called Behold the Cryptopreneurs. So it's a, uh, play on words on entrepreneur and crypto. So cryptopreneurs, uh, there's paper version, there's a Kindle version. Uh, anybody interested can definitely go to cryptopreneurs.club. You can get the first four chapters for free. Uh, that's, you'll have to give me your email address. Uh, no penny, no half a penny included yet. <laughs> but you'll be the first one to do it if it does come around. That's right, right that's right. I, you, you never know, if, if you're listening, if you're listening to this podcast and you go to cryptopreneurs.club and you sign up and you get the first four chapters and you read them and you send me an email, I'll send you a half a penny, I promise, just because that just on this podcast today. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, mate, um, at the end of every show, we like to dive into the top five investing tips. You ready to get into it? Let's do it.
What daily habit do you practice to keep on track towards your goals? Daily habit. I every day I go over. Uh, you know, this isn't high tech. It's it's a list. It's just it's just remembering the objectives, not not the tasks. That you do that too, but it's not the task. It's the objectives. It's where do you want to go? What do you want to build? Who do you want to serve? And if you go over that list every day, just to remember it, uh, that'll that'll get you a long ways down the road. Yeah. Do you use any particular technology with the list or is it just a pen and paper? I've used pretty much everything out there. Uh, I can say right now, I'm, lately I've been using a, a cool little tool. I think it's called Week Plan. Um, mm -hmm. it, it works. It's uh, it's really not, it's cheap, It's uh, but it's it's it allows you to differentiate between tasks and objectives and, uh, you know, the, the important and the urgent. Uh, so yeah, uh, I think it's weekplan.net, I believe. Weekplan.net. I've not heard of it, but I'll have to check it out for sure. Yeah, check it out. Um, yeah. No, no idea who, who built it or anything. So no, no. Yeah. Take it as, take it or leave it. Take it or leave it. Yeah. There's so much technology out there that for being more productive and being on track and on schedule and tasks and to do's and to dot, to not, to stop, to quit, to less, you know, less stress, all this sort of stuff. It's, I think at the end of the day, it's really what resonates with yourself and what you find best um, because you can get bogged down with so many productivity freaking software oh, that it just sort of gosh. becomes. Uh, I know personally that I had to just go back to writing in a, in a pad and pen and paper, you know, and then I have my, my, my sort of big yearly six goals. Uh, so six month goals online. Um, but, but every day to day or week to week, it's, it's really on the pen and paper and, and, and go back and check them off uh, yeah. online when I get, when I get to that point, because it just, it's easy for me. It's out of my brain. It's on the paper. I can see it. I can cross it off. And so, yeah, there's something cool. to be said for that physical action of, crossing it off you know yes yes, it, it, yes there's exactly. that something to that feeling you know that's a good it is or, or, or looking at the end i know i like i'm, I'm flipping back now to, to my week and i've got i've got my pad in front of me and it's like you look back on the week because it's monday tuesday wednesday i just do it on a page and you think wow i achieved a lot this week well done but then you know my mentors <laughs> say to me well you got too much on the page you know just cut down on it so you systemize your business a bit more so again we're back in the rabbit hole of like, doing, like, be, being busy to be busy Right, exactly, exactly. Mate, second question is, who's been the most influential person in your career to date? Wow. You know, it, it, and I had just, it, the only answer I can give is, is it was my grandma and my grandpa. Mm. And uh, so, you know, and I'm sorry, nobody's going to find them on, on Amazon. Uh, both are gone now. But, uh, you know, they, they taught me so much when I was little that, uh, you know, grandma was a storyteller. She, I remember, you know, I remember her going to my elementary school every Halloween dressed as a witch and she would tell stories and she would scare, <laughs> scare the bejesus out of all of us. Uh, couldn't do that in a, in, a, in a school anymore. They won't let you do that. It was <laughs> she was too hardcore for schools. Um, but yeah, learning to tell stories, learning to, 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 to listen. Uh, I think that was my grandma taught me a marvelous lesson one time. I, I, when I was little, I talked a lot. And, and one day I remember she sat me down uh, on a chair in the kitchen and she, she grabbed this hand, this mirror that she had that, you know, you know, old, old grandmas had these little mirrors that looked mm -hmm. like something from the, you know, from, uh, from a fairy tale. She said, look at yourself, Dennis. I said, yeah, yeah, it's a mirror. I can see me myself. She said, look at yourself closely. I said, okay, what is it, grandma? And she said, 
how many mouths do you have? I said, well, I've got one mouth. And she said, how many ears do you have? I said, well, I've got two ears. She said, God made you that way on purpose. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Listen, listen more so, and shut up. Listen more. Right? <laughs> more. That's right. I think, that, I think that was the best way that she could ever tell me to shut my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Mate, being in the crypto world, being in very much plugged into technology, I'm sure this next question would resonate with you. But I've had people tell me a physical person is their number one tool. But what is your number one tool in your business today? It could be software, or it could be hardware, or it could be a physical person. It, it really, what's the number one tool? Oh gosh, there's, we use so many different tools. It's so hard to, to, to come up with one that we, we use. I mean, I guess for most of, you know, email marketing is, is fundamental for every business. Uh, we use a system called drip. It's really powerful. It's a great system. It's wholly it, it, recommended. So I guess if I had to just have one thing uh, I could keep, I, it would probably be our, our email list and it would be with drip. Drip. Got it. Awesome. Mate, in one sentence, what has been the biggest failure to date and what did you learn from that failure? Oh gosh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, back in the early 2000s, we bought too many real estate investments and we were too highly leveraged. And that was an important lesson. And we lost some money there. We lost quite a bit of money there for a while, but you know, you learn from the lessons. It was a good education. Uh, don't, don't be too leveraged. Don't be too leveraged. No, I think that's really important. Don't be too leveraged because that's what, when in a recession, uh, when you become underwater, it can happen very quickly with uh, right. not being able to make the mortgage. It comes very quickly. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Mate, last question. Where can people reach you to continue the conversation? They want to be more in your sphere. They want to understand a little bit more about the crypto world. Where do they go? Go to cryptopreneurs.club. That's go there, sign up. You'll get an amazing email from me every day, five days a week. They're great. You'll love them. If you don't, you can unsubscribe. <laughs> awesome stuff, mate. Well, I want to thank you so much for jumping on today's show. I think you really were thought-provoking uh, in terms of how crypto is changing the world. And, and, and some of the takeaways from today's show is just the simplicity of what you said before of how can we figure out how crypto can help the everyday person solve the everyday problems and and turning the table a little bit on what we are currently as as the masses are used for on social media um, to profit from how can we take claw back some of that control and some of that profit and, and crypto being at the forefront or the crosshairs of that change and that disruption and and the the the, the, the quite surprising thing for me is that it's only just around the corner and you're telling us that. So I think that's really awesome and a really exciting future that we have um, here in the crypto world. Uh, did, did, did I leave anything out? No, I think it's good. I had a great time on the call. Awesome. Well, mate, thank you so much for, for dropping by and enjoy the rest of your week and we'll catch up soon. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Well, there you have it, another cracking episode jam-packed with some incredible advice with Dennis. If you do have any questions about cryptocurrency, remember, go over to cryptopreneurs.club, that's C-L-U-B. Uh, all, the all the links from today's uh, show will be up in the show notes at reedgoosens.com. Uh, I want to thank you all again for taking some time out of your day to tune in to continue to grow your financial IQ because that's what we're all about here on this show. I'm going to do, all, do it all again next week. So be bold, be brave, and remember... 
go give life a crack.